This is episode 92. In this episode of All Hazards, the California Specialized Training Institute, or CSTI, trains thousands of first responders every year. California experiences numerous unique disasters that first responders must be ready to respond to at any moment, which makes training a critical process in keeping Californians safe. CSTI offers a safe space for responders to learn life-saving skills in the classroom and in the field, building confidence when they are on duty. But make your mistakes here so you don't make money outside. CSTI has evolved into an internationally respected, multidisciplined operation. We are a national program. Today, we sit down with CSTI's superintendent, Alex Cabasa, and provider for CSTI's tactical medicine training, Dr. Lawrence Huskell. Now let's get right to the conversation. Hey, and welcome back to the All Hazards Podcast. First responders and emergency managers require specialized skills to respond to California's disasters. Today, we will get an inside look at Cal OES's California Specialized Training Institute, or CSTI, and everything that goes into ensuring California's responders are ready for any scenario they could face. I'm Public Information Officer Brittany Peterson, and I'm sitting with my two guests, Alex Cabasa and Lawrence Heiskell. My name's Alex Cabasa. I'm the uh, superintendent for CSTI and also an assistant director at the Governor's Office of Emergency Services. I've been at OES uh, for roughly uh, 20 years right now. Uh, and I've been the superintendent for coming on six years at CSTI. You know, our guests here alongside me, as I call him Doc, and I'm gonna pass the baton now to Lawrence. Oh, thanks, Alex, I appreciate it. And nice to meet you, Brittany. I've had sort of a diverse background. I, um, I'm an emergency physician by trade, and um, my background has been in both law enforcement and emergency medicine. Uh, when I finished um, my second residency, I did a residency in family medicine, and I did a residency in emergency medicine. But in 1989, I was working in the ER and was asked by the, um, the Sheriff's Department to be the doctor for their SWAT team. And I agreed to do it and went to a modular academy, became a reserve deputy sheriff in 1989. I finished up in 92, and I transferred my post-creds down to Palm Springs PD because I took my first job down at Eisenhower Medical Center, Rancho Mirage. And uh, I've been practicing emergency medicine now for 34 years. Back in 1996, I started a training program to train um, medics and medical personnel for law enforcement special operations teams because I had realized in my years serving on a SWAT team that there needs to be some formalized education and training that you just can't wing it. There needs to be some direction, some guidelines, some formality to the education and training. And so I taught that course for a number of years with a, a German small arms manufacturing company out of Northern Virginia. Uh, and then when uh, they decided to no longer do training, I brought the program back to my police department in 2005 and then got hooked up with Alex shortly thereafter. And we made some modifications and changes in the program. And um, 
I formed what was called the International School of Tactical Medicine, which is a program that I run and operate. We have a number of courses that we offer. And so um, we partnered with, um, uh, with uh, CSTI and with the California Commission on Peace Officer Standards and Training Post. So all of us have teamed together to implement these educational and training programs here in California. And uh, this is my 26th year now of teaching these courses. Wow, so did you guys meet through CSTI or right before? We met back in, what, 2006 or five or seven? Yeah, we uh, we, we kind of met when I was actually assigned to the Governor's Office of Homeland Security before we merged with Cal OES. And so that was my introduction with the doc who, you know, we took the program, we looked at it, his vision, his ideas. We went through the Department of Homeland Security to make sure that we were doing all the widgets the right way, got the courses, approved through the Department of Homeland Security, and basically then we were on a, on a fast track to provide this training across the state of California, and not just the state of California, nationwide. And, you know, wherever the training was needed, wherever we can, wherever the, wherever Lawrence can go as, a, as an adjunct instructor for post or CSTI to deliver training, and it has benefited the response community in the state of California greatly. And you'll hear some of his case studies as he presents them and you'll see that it has been a benefit to the law enforcement community out there, especially when these SWAT teams are, you know, coming up on a, on a situation that they have to respond. They really rely on that tactical medic to provide them that level of support and that comfort that they have a medic that can actually, you know, respond to their immediate needs. So for everybody at home who doesn't know what CSTI is, could you just kind of give a brief explanation of what it is and why it is so unique? Because I know you guys offer a diverse amount of training, but I know you're very well known for a few. Sure. So the California Specialized Training Institute, you know, formed in 1971 under Governor Ronald Reagan. And uh, CSTI, when it was first formed, was formed under the military department. And we were primarily, you know, a law enforcement type training environment for civil disturbance during late Vietnam era type periods of rioting and unrest in the country. So individuals, law enforcement agencies would come into Camp San Luis Obispo and basically receive civil disturbance training. Uh, as we started to grow through the years, we became more of a mobile type environment where we could deliver the training in your location. We could take training outside of Camp San Luis Obispo deliver it within the communities. And during that time, we started to grow. We didn't just focus on the law enforcement. We went into emergency management, working with emergency operations centers, department operations centers, the, the state operations center. We also then ventured into hazardous material training, and we train hundreds of hazmat individuals on a yearly basis. But we've had for a while now a training and exercise division where they are responsible for uh, delivering and working with state agencies and local agencies on the development uh, and execution of their exercises that they have to do on a yearly basis. So the program has expanded from basically one thing that CSTI was responsible for to now we have seven different areas that we step into. It's a statewide program, but we don't just deliver training statewide. We are a national program, so we do get responders attending our training from different states, different countries also. And on our training, like I said, it's mobile. So we will go wherever the training is needed within reason, obviously, 
that is what we've been charged with, and that's what, what we do on a yearly basis. Uh, we train uh, thousands of responders a year. So. And I've been lucky to have taken a few trainings with CSTI, both uh, a PIO training course, but I've also got to attend and cover a story on your tactical training. I definitely went into this not having a full understanding of how extravagant the whole thing would be. And I remember my first one was doing a walkthrough of a courthouse and I'm following this officer into it. It's a man down and they're trying to find the shooter and the officer is supposed to figure out if it's a shooter or an officer and it was supposed to be an officer to, that popped out. So they just train you for everything. So you're training for, to look for the shooter but also recognize your officer and we did an active shooter training which was very emotional for me because you guys do use those real sounds. The lights are going crazy. There's people screaming. When that first went off, I remember feeling a very emotional <laughs> response and I could not imagine being an officer in that scenario trying to do good and find, find the bad and save the people. It gives the attendees who attend these trainings every scenario. Like they, they have to face every single thing and react in a different way. And if they react wrong, they are not scolded for it, but it's discussed. And, and I think that you guys handle it very ethically in a very safe environment for these officers. And, and, and you're right, and that's a good, that's a good feedback because the, the one thing that I impress when I, when I brief a class is make your mistakes here. Make them all here, ask all the questions you need to ask, get them answered before you leave, but make your mistakes here so you don't make them on the outside. I know Doc's got some case studies, that stuff that's part of his training that, that he's been involved with, and he's got some pretty good case studies that he, he, he can share with us. When we continue... Dr. Lauren Teskel tells us how this life-saving training has proven itself in the real world. And he also survived this horrific shooting. And with new technologies and unique disasters, we will learn what's next for CSTI. A new idea, a new way of doing business, a new course development, a new training development. Uh, resources are always being updated and changed. Now, let's get back to our conversation. You know, uh, Brittany, I also want to add to what Alex previously said about who has been attending the training. Um, the focus um, of the tactical medicine program here in California is primarily to train our people here. But as the word got out, um, we started having people come from all over the 50 United States. In fact, the word even got out around the world, and we've had... Um, Agencies send people from 17 different countries throughout the world wow. have been to the tactical medicine course here in California. So California is really at the tip of the spear and uh, has really um, been the leader in this training. I, I've been over to Europe. I've taught many courses even over there for different agencies in Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Italy, France, Belgium. Um, I, I've been to a lot of places, so it's it's been a it's been a been a great experience. But let me let me share with you some cases that I believe have, are, are a direct result of you know uh, Alex's hard work, DSTI, Post, and EMSA, and uh, and the support that they put in uh, to this program over the years. Um, the first case I want to talk to you about uh, took place back in October of 2013. Uh, it was with Roseville Police Department. Um, they had a crime suppression unit, and um, they had a federal agent assigned to that task force. 
They also had a fully developed uh, tactical medicine program, which they incorporated Roseville Fire Department. They had trained their medics through the 80-hour uh, post-EMSON DHS-approved tactical medicine course. And um, so they were, they were deployed uh, in October 2013. And um, uh, while this federal agent was in pursuit of this uh, parolee at large, um, he was shot in the, um, in the leg. Uh, tourniquet was applied. He was then placed in a patrol car and taken to the hospital, and he did well. But what happened next was not so pleasant. Um, uh, SWAT was uh, initiated. Uh, they deployed a helicopter, uh, spotted the suspect in a backyard. He had apparently jumped some fences and kicked a door into a residence. And when SWAT surrounded the uh, premises, um, the suspect, who was deep inside the property, began firing on the, uh, the SWAT officers, and one of the officers was shot in the face. And um, this, uh, this, uh, this bullet wound uh, trajected across, went across his face, hit him in the uh, uh, right mandible, went through his sinus, and ended up behind his, uh, his left orbit. And so the uh, tactical medics who had been through the tactical medicine program were trained uh, they were there on scene. They were able to pack the wound, get the bleeding stopped, um, secure his airway, and um, uh, get him to the uh, to the hospital where um, he he survived this injury and actually went back to work about 13 months later. Wow! Uh, full recovery, went back um, and and did very very well. And uh, uh, if it hadn't been for those medics there that day that knew how to pack that wound, stop that bleeding, get that, um, get that airway established. Um, I don't know if he would have survived that, but that was a, a really good positive outcome from that. When this happens and you get these success stories, do you get emails from the students that you've trained? You know, Brittany, it's funny that you'd ask that because what will typically happen is you won't believe the number of times I'll be having dinner, I'll just finish shaving, I'm in the bathroom, I'm at dinner with friends, or I'm out um, working in my yard or have my hands full, and I'll get a phone call, and it'll say, hey, Doc, you won't believe what just happened 10 minutes ago, and they tell me this incredible story. Wow, do you feel like that's one of the most rewarding aspects? Oh, it is. Oh, it is, absolutely. I, I love it when they call me and they tell me these, uh, these amazing stories. Um, and I've got another one that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, this one involved California Highway Patrol, and this was um, back in October of 2014. Um, uh, a, a CHP officer was on just routine patrol here in Sacramento, and uh, he got a word from dispatch that there had been a, um, uh, a shooting. And when the, uh, the CHP officer arrived, um, there was a, um, a male individual uh, leaning up against uh, his vehicle, and he had been shot multiple times in the left side of his chest. And so the uh, CHP officer, again, who'd been through the tactical lifesaver course, uh, applied chest seals over these wounds uh, because he assumed at that point they were probably a sucking chest wound. And so he sealed them up. Um, they, uh, they got him to the uh, hospital. And, uh, he got there and had a collapsed lung, and the ER physician put in a chest tube, and, and he also survived this horrific shooting, all as a result of this, uh, this great training that we've been able to provide uh, for law enforcement agencies here in California. I mean, I never thought, I really, that there would be this big of an impact, uh, but it has certainly come to fruition, hasn't it, Alex? 
It has, and it's been it's been beneficial throughout, like I said, throughout the state uh, for these responders and you know the assistance they provide on scene when they come up on a scene to help one of their fellow uh, injured individuals that they're working with on a daily basis. So, and I imagine your training that you put on is pretty hands-on. Um, what do you feel makes your training? as unique as some of the other trainings that I've experienced through CSTI? Well, we, we do um, quite a number of things. It's an, uh, the, the two-week course, the tactical medicine course, is an 80-hour course, two weeks, Monday through Friday. And um, it's a conglomeration of classroom work, discussions, uh, and hands-on training and scenarios in which we use force-on-force -force training with, with simunitions. In the second week, um, because we, um, we don't do live tissue, but two of my instructors who um, developed, uh, they're emergency physicians, they developed um, some amazing technology, which is basically an open circuit cardiopulmonary bypass machine. So we go to some local pig farmers here and uh, purchase a euthanized uh, pig and uh, circulate artificial blood through them. So the medics in the class get to pack wounds. They get to seal, see what real bleeding looks like. Um, we have them do surgical airways. We have them put in chest tubes. We have them suture wounds. We have them um, explore wound cavities, uh, pack wounds, identify bleeders, uh, do suture ligature and tie off blood vessels. These are things that you just would, would probably never, ever get to do. And I believe the students are reaping huge benefits from this type of training. Don't you agree, Alex? I agree. I've actually have been out to the training site to see it in action. The learning that goes on with these medics and these responders that are attending this course that, like the doc said, may never have an opportunity in a training type scenario to get their hands on and do this type of, of medicine and so it gives them those areas of, hey, how do I stop that bleeding? You know, it's a gunshot wound, it's a stab wound, whatever the case may be. It gives them, an, you know, that hands-on uh, component that's, that's needed uh, across the board for these guys to really be proficient in what they're going to do when we release them after their 80 hours of training. And the opportunity to make the mistake in the classroom and not in the field. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. Yep, you're right. The, one of the things that has been a huge uh, component of this program is the fact that I have really good uh, people teaching at the course. I've got experienced emergency physicians who really know their material. Uh, they've seen a lot of trauma. They know how to manage it. And they really make a, a huge effort to impart their knowledge and experience on the students in the class. And uh, also my law enforcement instructors um, they've got many years of tactical experience, street experience. Many of them have been team leaders, commanders on SWAT teams. So uh, all, all of my instructors literally have 25 years or more of experience um, that we uh, try and impart this knowledge onto these, uh, these young people coming in for training. And I imagine with um, more experience and technology and everything, the classes are constantly evolving and changing. Uh, oh, absolutely. Do you guys have a certain amount of time when you reevaluate, or is it just kind of as you go? So there's two, way, two approaches we take on this. One, immediate changes because a tactic, a technique has changed, or in the traditional way of doing curriculum development, you know, anywhere from two to three years, we want to take a hard look at what the course looks like, uh, reevaluate it, uh, and get all the updates we possibly need. But 
again, if, if there's something that changes, some technique, whether it's through EMSA, state fire training, law enforcement, whatever the case may be, if it's an immediate change, we will immediately change that curriculum and be as updated as we possibly can. So our responders are, you know, they're within the law that they can operate. Yeah, and the same here. I, I keep up with all the current uh, new products, changes, procedures in emergency medicine uh, and best practices uh, that's pretty much standard and accepted throughout the field of emergency medicine. What do you hope to see for CSTI in the next few years? Well, you know, uh, CSTI continues to evolve. There's no doubt. I mean, you know, so during my, during my, my tenure as a superintendent, we've, we continue to, you know, to, to progress. We continue to move forward, come up with new ideas, new training platforms, leveraging every capability we have across the board, bringing on additional instructors, bringing on additional subject matter experts that help us across the board. Uh, emergency management is, is dynamic. It's always evolving. And it, it also, it's all the disciplines that make up this type of all hazards environment because it is what it is. There's what, 15, 16, 20 different disciplines within this environment. So we're constantly evolving because we're constantly getting the questions. The director will task us to do, hey, I want you to look into this. And then it, it just evolves from there, from another step to another step, a new idea a new way of doing business, a new course development, a new training development. Uh, resources are always being updated and changed. I'm a big, I'm a big advocate of when I visit a training site, I, I link up with the instructors and the first thing I ask, say, hey, how's it going and how are we resourcing you? And that is critical. Uh, and 100% support from the director. He supports the resourcing of all these activities, equipment, staying on top of everything that's happening out there with new equipment, new techniques, new tactics, and that's the way we operate. So we're constantly evolving with new changes here. In the next couple of months, you're gonna see uh, full-time incident support teams. You know, So that's the next step in the evolution of with OES itself as they move towards having enough uh, trained individual to respond on a regular basis to these incidents that happen in the state of California. So even within our own agency, we continue this dynamic approach to continue to lean forward, see the future, see a direction, plan ahead, and try to get these teams in place so we can be better prepared for any catastrophic event that comes along. CSTI will always be a big part of it because we are the training institution for the state of California, and we have the responsibility to train as many uh, California responders as we possibly can. Perfect. Well, I want to thank you both for being here today. It was a great conversation. Absolutely. Love learning about CSTI. It was a favorite topic of mine. My sincere thanks to Alex Fabasa and Dr. Lawrence Heskell. Both play a major role in success for training California's responders and leading the way we train in the nation. For photos and links to learn more about CSTI and all they have to offer, visit news.caloes.ca.gov. Hey, and if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends and your colleagues. And if you already subscribed, thank you. For questions, comments, and suggestions, email me at media at For everyone here at Cal OES in the Office of Public Information, I'm Brittany Peterson. Take care and be safe.
You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.